0: My name is Brandon Bay. I am from the class of 2021. And here's my tip to you Belief is strength. Believe in yourself for great things are achievable. If you ask, how is this possible? Look for the evidence in yourself. It is.
1: Welcome everybody to this episode of the ninth grade experience. In addition to talking to ninth graders, one of the things we're going to look to do is talk to some of our upperclassmen here at Emmaus High School and beyond to get some words of wisdom about what their ninth grade experience was like, what they did during their ninth grade year, and translated it to the remainder of their high school career and beyond. And then giving some tips and advice for our current and upcoming ninth graders. I don't maybe calling it like throwback, throwback ninth grade or something. I don't know, but our first. Throwback ninth grade podcast guest is uh, our 12th grade uh, senior class president, uh, Brendan Bay. Brendan, thanks a lot for joining us today.
0: Absolutely, Thank you, Mr. Stuckel, for having me.
1: So Brendan has quite the resume here. He actually legitimately sent me a resume. I asked him, like, what is he up to here at the school? And, and we've seen him in lots of things. Um, So I'm going to read a little bit of his accomplishments here and then we're going to get into our first question that we normally ask all the guests but Brandon is the current uh, senior class president. He is a member of the National Honor Society. Uh, He is the founder of the Students Against Vape Elimination or the SAVE program. Um, That's an organization here at the school, uh, preventing, you know, talking about the dangers and all the things that are associated with vaping. Um, He's on the track team. He is um, trying to look at all the other stuff here real fast. Uh, You were part of the Red Cross Club, Habitat for Humanity. So much different stuff you were a part of. Um, And you've already been accepted and you are going to Cal Arts uh, for a potential career in musical composition for films. And we'll get into that as well, too. So that's quite the resume you have there, Brandon. Uh, But let's start with your ninth grade experience. So this is all the results of your four years of hard work. But Think back to what your ninth grade year was like and tell us a little bit about what that was like for you here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, if I have to go back and it's been a long four years, but um, I think uh, kind of talking about the origin point of where all this has come from in terms of where all the events um, that kind of led me to this point. And uh, as you um, nicely read off the the accomplishments that I've achieved so far. So I think um, if I have to go back to my ninth grade year, I would say that it could be summarized as a extension of my high school, kind of pretty much from middle school, that um, some of the qualities from there, I realized that, hmm, this is not gonna translate super well into high school and also uh, kind of later on in my life. So for example, when I was a a kid, so pretty much elementary school, middle school, very shy, very timid, like to keep to myself and try to stay out of things as much as possible. So I think in my freshman year, pretty much ninth grade, I realized this, that of course, going to a new environment, we have lots of kids Of course, at least for my class, class of 2021, uh, we had one of the biggest classes, I believe so, uh, in recent memory in terms of just the class size itself. So I think just being there, realizing, okay, this is where you actually need to socialize. Um, You're going to find kind of fulfillment and getting involved uh, across many different things uh, within your school community and outside of school. So I think from there, I decided, hmm, I want to do something about this. I want to change the way kind of the way I was kind of perceiving things in terms of being afraid and being kind of very kind of inward, as opposed to kind of seeing that, look, this is the direction I want to go to, kind of being outward, being communicative with other people, and kind of um, being able to help out in some way. So I think from there, ninth grade, I kind of changed to this new mindset. All right, I want to change myself for the better, and hopefully I can change the people around me as well. So then, um, for example, uh, one of the many great teachers, of course, throughout my years, and I, I stay in contact with uh, today, is Mrs. Lomner. So she was my American studies teacher, uh, freshman year. And then she presented this opportunity one day, a great opportunity to become an exchange student, a German exchange student. So uh, from there, uh, the funny thing actually was, uh, she was asking for volunteers, wants to be a backup in case uh, one of these six original students who were planning to travel could not go. So I volunteered thinking, okay, this is my first step in this process. I knew that was going to take a long time. So um, knowing that it's a, Possibility, not as not, nothing's in stone yet in terms of this opportunity that's going to happen, but I was hopeful. And the day did come where the opportunity did present itself, and I accepted the opportunity to become an exchange student. So, I guess, um, just really this becoming an exchange student and then seeing that, oh, okay, um, many things that came with it, many schools that I had to develop in terms of this uh, social skills, being comfortable in new environments. I think from there, that was the stepping stone that allowed me to say, that, Hey, My ninth grade, to summarize it as that, um, I think it's one uh, where I open my eyes to the possibilities of who I can be, what I can accomplish, essentially.
1: Now, I want to come back to the story about the exchange program, and we talked about that before we started recording, but was there some sort of event or catalyst that you you had decided, like you said, coming from middle school to high school, you just kind of had this you know idea that you needed to kind of change some of your things. was there somebody that was telling you this did you figure this out like what was that process like because you you made a lot of big changes there um that you you talked about um and that's not usually the way that like eighth graders and ninth graders think so was there something um that was leading you in that direction a a goal that you had or, or something maybe that an outside influence that was kind of pushing you that way
0: yeah absolutely so i think um really that what kind of led me to this kind of thinking was really towards the end of eighth grade, I think I realized in myself that I could do better in some aspects. So I think really not just kind of going for it in that kind of sense, maybe fully in middle school, I think that was kind of always on my mind transitioning to high school. I think the moment really, if I want to be very specific that when it hit me in terms of, oh, let's change to this new mindset was I remember one of my first days here at uh, EHS was uh, traveling one of the hallways I oh, uh, it was first time going to the cafeteria. So I'm, I'm lost, I'm confused, like, oh, where's everything? There's so many people here, and the halls are jam-packed with students. And I think at one point, what happened was I got confused as to where to go, and I was so nervous to ask other uh, teachers, the hall monitors, like, oh, what would be the appropriate place to go? So I actually walked out one of the doors, thinking that, oh, okay, I'm going to the courtyard, but I actually locked myself out of the building. So from there, at that point, I had no idea what to do. I was like, oh my gosh, I messed up so badly. I'm gonna be judged so harshly. So from there, I'm kind of in a situation where uh, there's no, there's this door in front of me, it's not gonna open, I can access the building. So what can I do? So first I was kind of contemplating, what are my options? Then I see, for, first of all, there's so many students in the hallways that are passing by or going by. So from there, what I started to do was I just started kind of just knocking on the door to say, hey, does anyone see me? Kind of just waving and that kind of stuff as well. So if, at least for the first couple of times, um, some students uh, didn't take notice, but after a while, someone did and they came to help me out. And I saw this person, she went out of her way, and she was talking with a group of friends, she went out of her way to help me out and opened this door for me. And um, and from there, I asked her, oh, do you know where the cafeteria is? And she showed me the way. So I think after that point, seeing um, really the effect of how it is to be a social person, that what are the many benefits you can get from being a social person, from helping other people out. I think from there, that became my inspiration to change.
1: And it's, it's funny, when I was talking with Mrs. Lobner and kind of getting a little bit more background for you for this, that was one of the things she talked about that you really had to improve on is like kind of those social skills. And, and that's something that you and her even to this day still talk about, like how to approach different things. And we're going to get into some of the organizations that you're a part of here and some of the roles that you play in that and kind of taking those skills. You've definitely taken those skills. You kind of figured out Um, I'll assume during that first week of freshman year, since it was your first trip to the cafeteria there, and you're still kind of improving on those skills as well, too, um, to kind of take yourself to where you want to go to. But I said I did want to circle back to that, the exchange program question here. So you you humbly and kind of went through that one pretty quick. But I think one of the interesting things about that whole process is like you were a German exchange student and had somebody come into your house. Yeah, can you tell everyone how many official German classes you've ever taken?
0: <laughs> so I would say up to that point, uh, none. So, niet. <laughs> uh, I don't know if German, but um, so none at that point. So uh, interestingly enough, um, so eighth grade, I took Spanish one. And then freshman year, I was taking Spanish two. So, of course, there was no, I guess, uh kind of predisposition of me ever taking German or going to Germany for that matter or becoming an exchange student. So I think from there when the opportunity presented itself, then when I took that opportunity, I didn't realize that many things that would come along with it, such as that even though I was taking the language already, so Spanish too, um, that I'll have to take German uh, at the same time. So two languages in one year or so so, uh, freshman year. So it is a unique, very uh, very unique situation. You know, for example, one of the things that I did with my schedule I, was I was taking a Microsoft Office. And from there, I would to take that class as an independent study to make room in my schedule for German. So I would say, yes, it was pretty interesting the way it kind of played out that, okay, so here we are that I initially just wanted to go, go with this one opportunity, but I didn't realize the many things that were going to come with it. So that's just one of many things I just had to do uh, as part of the process was I had to take German. But
1: yeah, Yeah, I think I just, when she told me that part of the story, I was like, oh my gosh, like you have a student here ninth grade, trying to figure it all out, volunteers probably out of nowhere for the exchange program in a language that you don't even take in the high school, um, that you've had no background in. And she told me this story, too, about how you, you know, needed to step up for the actual housing of the student, like in your house, where literally it was like a week or two weeks before they needed to have somebody come and you're, you and your family just volunteered out of nowhere and kind of, you know, were able to take that on. So I just think that that whole story it kind of encapsulates what you were kind of saying earlier with like taking risks, taking chances like that is, you know, a lot to kind of take on as a freshman and you're like, well, might as well just keep going for it. And you kind of, it's kind of set the stage for a lot of, like you said, a lot of the other things that you've kind of done here throughout your time in high school.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, um, you know, I'm really interested in the, like the Cal arts and how you kind of arrived there. It's kind of a really um, unique, uh, path that you wanna be on like a music composer, film composer, those are like music scores and those kinds of things as well too. Um, So was there something during that freshman year, um, in addition to kind of uh, establishing this mindset change and shift um, that kind of led you on that path to wanna pursue like that career? Was there something maybe before ninth grade? Um, But it seems like that kind of attitude shift might've led to some sort of discovery that maybe this is what you really wanna do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think, Really, so I think uh, to keep it kind of short and sweet, that before uh, high school, so when I was very little, always had a keen interest for music uh, overall. So kind of in, in terms of composition, of course, it's purely enjoying it by listening to it. And uh, I noticed that um, for, for songs, I especially like I listened to it one time, and I love going to a piano or keyboard and just replicating the piece. So uh, funny enough, my brother, he actually used to have a piano teacher to instruct him. And uh, I remember w- one of these other times that while I was practicing, I came over once we were finished and I just started playing a piece I remember from my uh, memory. And from there, the music structure, she noticed that, oh, OK, this uh, kid, he's not playing with any sheet music, playing straight out of memory and passion. Uh, there's something there. So from there, I did receive a little bit of initial uh, piano training earlier on. And um, I think what's funny enough is that as it kind of closed up, um, it At least for me, interestingly enough, very much middle school, I would say, that became more kind of introverted in that kind of sense. So kind of more, uh, again, kind of afraid to kind of speak out, being very timid. And I noticed uh, with that, it was kind of a correlation where kind of my passion for music also dimmed down a bit. So I think with that, um, starting ninth grade, just seeing the possibilities of opening up and kind of being myself, being comfortable with who I am try to do as much good as possible. I noticed that that spark of my passion for music kind of sparked up again. And I noticed that um, kind of in my freshman year and then throughout my other years, right, so my sophomore and junior year, I started working on this passion. I've actually uh, I raised money to pay for these uh, programs at my uh, computer that allow me to create music, create cheap music, so I just started working on, working on it. And uh, from here, from where I started, I went to the point I am up to today is that um, I do have, uh, let's see, so 25 compositions copyrighted and completed. And uh, from there, it's about an hour and 30 minutes of music. So I think that initial point of just opening up, getting comfortable with who I am, and just being uh, more sociable, I think that's allowed me to kind of regain my interest for music. And I think um, realizing that, okay, this is my primary passion. That this is something I certainly want to do. And I love uh, film in general. So I think that as well, it complements each other, film, and music. So, of course, getting into the film music area, becoming a film composer is something uh, I very much want to do.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's just a really unique uh career path here. You don't necessarily think like somebody here in Emmaus, Pennsylvania would want to be like part of the film industry, like, you know, and obviously they suggest like moving out towards like California or New York and lo and behold, you're on your way to California next year to go to Cal CalArts. Um, can you just give the people listening and watching just a quick snapshot of what that is? It it's, doesn't When you just say CalArts, it does not sound as amazing as it really is in like actuality. So can you just give, you know, do a little humble brag here and just kind of tell people like what CalArts is?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So CalArts, which stands for the California um, Institute of the Arts. So uh, what it is, is, of course, I'm going to try to say this as humbly as possible. (laughs) It is uh, one of the best uh, art schools in the world. And uh, primarily it was actually founded back in the 1950s, I believe by Walt Disney. So the, the primary reason that I applied to that school and I applied to many schools, that um, this school in particular, that of course founded by Walt Disney, becoming what it is pretty much, it became um, a breathing ground for art in terms of it purely, it just um, focuses on the arts from animation, uh, filmmaking, of course, music, and what it does is that it allows for areas of collaboration between artists in a professional setting. Uh, that's very exciting near the LA area as it is located in Santa Clara. And the very cool thing about the school, of course, and being extremely collaborative and uh, professors there who are actually working in their fields, whatever it may be, animation, music, filmmaking, is that uh, they're known to be um, alumni who've graduated uh, from there who have worked on Disney projects and who are currently working on Disney projects. So I guess they give two examples. Um, I, I'm sure, Mr. Stucco, you ever heard of Tim Burton?
1: Uh, yeah, that's the Nightmare Before Christmas guy, right?
0: Yes. So as, him as, and many other films. Yeah.
1: As, as people will know, if, if teachers that have worked with me and students, I'm usually very terrible on movies. Like, I don't know a lot of movies, but Tim Burton's name I know. Uh, my yes. kids have watched Nightmare Before Christmas, but I can't say that I've ever sat down and watched it with them. But that one I do know. Now, if you're going to go deeper than that, I'm not 100 percent sure, but... Go so ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess maybe just sticking kind of very uh, surface level stuff. But so Tim Burton, uh, of course, uh, he directed that film amongst uh, some of nerd, a little Batman, Superman, um, superhero stuff in general. So he directed one of the, uh, well, two of the original Batman movies. Uh, so he graduated from that school as a film major, and then um, also the director of the Incredibles. And also, um, I'm a a film nerd as well, Mission Impossible 4, Brad Bird, he also graduated from that school as well. So there's known alumni who graduated from the school, who actually worked in the field, and it's quite exciting. And one of the great things is that I've actually recently went to an orientation, and one of the things they talk about, especially for um, kind of film music, and if you want to focus on that area of concentration, is that they discuss how, um, since they are so close to the LA area, and they have connections within the school, you're able to meet working composers who are actually working on films. And if you want to, you can become interns um, under these uh, working composers. So at least that prospect alone excites me uh, so much. But yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it's just so cool. Like, you know, normally with ninth graders, we're talking about like things that can set them up for success later on down the road. And we're hearing a story today of somebody that You know kind of had that kind of revelation in ninth grade kind of what we talk about like gaining your foothold finding the things that you're passionate about and you're and the people that are listening are getting a chance to really kind of see what like what can you do if you kind of follow what you want to do and apply lots of passion and hard work to all of it um one of the things that i did want to share uh is that you volunteer well i i asked and you volunteered that we're going to use one of your pieces of music here to kind of uh do some of the music breaks in our, in this episode here. Um, It's, it's kind of like a sneak preview of something you may hear at graduation. Uh, You won't get to hear the whole thing, but um, you will get to hear parts of it. So a little exclusive here, I guess that would be Almost, I guess, if we want to keep in the movie terms, sort of like a trailer for what what's coming up in a couple of months there. Um, so yeah. we'll, we'll we're proudly gonna play play that as parts of the episode here, and maybe we'll leave a little bit of a maybe a deeper cut, maybe a couple extra seconds at the end, so you can hear what, what that might sound like. But again, to me, that's just so cool. One of the early ideas I had when I started this podcast was to get students involved in the making of like a theme song or, uh, you know, music that goes with it. And I, you know, I had the idea of like, you know, your SoundCloud rapper or somebody like that coming up with some sort of crazy song. I never did. I think that in our own school, we would have somebody that would be like a musical composer. So it'll be kind of a neat opportunity to kind of include that in, uh, this music, in this episode here to kind of, uh, again, highlight some of the work. And again, we'll, at the end, we'll talk about where people can go and search out all the different things you've done. You have a YouTube channel and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll give you a chance to kind of, again, sell yourself at the end. I know that's not one of the things that you normally, you know, don't like necessarily want to do, but you know, you're on here once, so you might as well sell yourself as best you can. So one of the things that maybe you were been most visible with, and it's like, before we all kind of became invisible or two by two boxes on the screen here was your <laughs> role in trying to uh, organize the save club which is the students against uh vaping i always forget the e sorry don't worry <laughs> Against in the yeah in that program and again that was a real hot button issue at the time that you had started it and you know it was a major uh issue going on here at the high school and, and you know it was kind of you know dominating you know, some things that were happening, obviously, with not as many people here in the building, and kind of the, the events that have transpired over the last 13 months, that's kind of probably taken a back backseat. Um, right. But what when you kind of started that and kind of came up with that idea uh, for an organization to target that? Um, was that something going along with like what you talked about, like finding things that you're passionate about, and just trying to do something with them? Like, how did that become one of your, your missions and, and kind of trying to, Uh, make a change in that area?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think um, what it is, so at least to me, um, just kind of overall, these past four years, right, my high school career, I see it all by, it's very much a process. So, of course, one thing builds upon another, and it keeps going and going. So, I think in this sense, to save what it was really my junior year, I think it was more, it was born out of, at least for me, a necessity to see an issue that was becoming more widespread as the months went by. And I think for me, of course, at that point, being more comfortable uh, with talking and communicating. At that point, um, my sophomore year was able to join a cross-country team. So, of course, I got used to being within groups, talking to other people and, and kind of and things like that. So I think in that kind of sense, in my uh, junior year, one of the things I wanted to do was what is one issue I can look at and make a difference on? So I think um, out of all the issues that were happening at the time, and as you're saying, it was a hotbed issue, vaping. Uh, as it was in many middle, uh, well, some middle schools and many high schools, I'd say nationally. So I think what it did was I kind of looked at this problem as it was experiencing it firsthand. So what I mean by that was, for example, if I had to use the restroom uh, during a class, sometimes the restrooms would be locked um, because someone might have been, they were found vaping there uh, kind of earlier. And um, so that would be an ex- extreme inconvenience for me and I'm sure for many other students who might need to walk all the way across the building just to use the restroom and to come back to class. So I think, uh, of course, it's just one of the things, just being this inconvenience of, OK, uh, the bathrooms are locked. And also, I would just say, when I used to use, uh, of course, when I was in EHS using the restrooms, that uh, one of the weird things is that uh, people, three multiple people sitting in one stall, um, passing around a um, vape uh, for some reason. But um, so th- things along those lines. So I think one of the things I did decide to do after that was I, I decided to do some research. So, uh, because at least at that point, and before I remember vaping, it was coined as the healthier alternative to smoking. So, I think from there, I want to do some research myself to see, is it really though? So, I kind of dived into it more, uh, researching e-cigarettes and uh, kind of vaping into vape pods and uh, things along those lines. And what I found, at least for me, was startling that some of the reports and the studies done that they actually found it to be worse compared to smoking in terms of the long-term effects of what it could have. Despite its appearance and the way they market them as oh, kind of tutti frutti or you know blue raspberry flavors or these kind of things that sound like you get from Ritas, um, so I think um, just that aspect of seeing uh, deceptive marketing along with the health effects that I think that really strove me to be like okay. Um, we do have this issue. It is prominent, not only just in, of course, EHS, but across the nation as well at that time. So from there, this is when I started, I collected my research into a, uh, a document and I highlighted the most important points. So now, of course, I went to Mrs. Lobner, a teacher I knew for a long time and I trusted. And I talked to her about it. She said, oh, this is a really great idea. This is a hotbed issue. Let's talk to Dr. Kiris. So on a faithful day, I was able to talk to Dr. Kyrus, present the information I had. Then from there, uh, Save became a reality, and we, um, we just started working on the idea itself. We started expanding. And of course, I had many meetings with teachers, um, Mr. Noni, Dr. Kiris, to get um, this done. So I think, especially my junior year, as the year went on, say was being more developed, it was being formed. Uh, we had students who were t- started to take interest, um, people becoming members, officers. So it was really exciting. And I remember that one day, uh, Dr. kiris she asked me, oh, can you speak at a faculty meeting? And I said, oh, okay, sure, yeah. So I thought initially it's going to be like 10 people. So maybe, (laughs) oh, just the principal itself. So (laughs) just the assistant principals, maybe um, some other individuals as well. But it turns out it was the entire faculty, um, maybe even some of the custodians as well. So I thought, oh, wow, this is a lot of people. But what I did was I remember exactly what I needed to talk about. And I think for me, uh, what it came down to was explaining why. Well, first of all, why I'm speaking to all of you first. And why do I believe this is such a problem that we need to take action on it? So, of course, I, I gave the speech and teachers, they told me that I did a good job and uh, hopefully I did. And it seems like it did work out. And um, I was able to talk to t- teachers more about it, um, especially what's safe to say at the time. Um, they had these stickers and we we're planning to utilize them in a bigger way. So, things were, we were getting the ball rolling in that kind of sense um, as it was kind of moving towards uh, mid 2020. Uh, it was about right before, I would say, March or something like that, where things were starting to get really picked up. And one of these uh, days, it was, it was funny. I was talking to Mr. Nodi one day. We had a, uh, a meeting. One of the things that came up was um, there was something happening in the Bethlehem Steel Stacks. That PBS 39, they were hosting a local event. It's going to be a tele- televised event. And what it was, they would have uh, health professionals come over and talk about vaping, the side effects, and have a student himself who, uh, unfortunately, he went to the hospital uh, for vaping and the side effects and talk about, oh, okay, why, what kind of drove him to vape? and what are some of the side effects and consequences he faces today for vaping. So um, since none of the really, I guess the administration was not able to go, neither were any other students, since Mr. Noni knew that okay, he's, uh, Brendan's doing this thing with save, he asked me, oh, we like these tickets to go. So of course I accepted saying, yes, this would be a great opportunity. So I was able to go there. I was able to sit through the event. It was really cool. And I of the great things, I was actually able to meet a PBS39 uh, reporter after the fact. Um, so when I was able to meet up with her, I told her, okay, this is what we're doing at EHS. We're trying to spread awareness of the harms of vaping. Hopefully students can realize this and be like, hmm, yeah, this is not exactly for me in terms of when they want to vape. So from that point, um, she actually discussed that she wanted to interview me um, kind of during one of the upcoming months. So I thought, okay, this is fantastic. So it was March, I believe, and we, we set up an interview to be done in the library. So Miss Laura and I were ready to go. We were so excited. And what happened that Tuesday, we we're supposed to have it that week. This is the this is the time where we had those first two weeks off for COVID. So of course, uh, starting from that timeline, all the way up to now, uh, I would say that of course COVID for everyone has messed up a lot of stuff, just to say the least. And I think at least for SAVE, what we're trying to do up to today is that um, of course, vaping is not really talked about anymore uh, because of many other things that uh, there are seemingly more uh, kind of more hot button issues now. So I think uh, one of the things we've, we've just been trying to do is that we've been building a website. Of course, now to kind of increase our online presence, uh, we been thinking we're gonna do a fundraiser, decrease funds for the club itself. And we're, we're planning to kind of stick with our message as well. So I think one of the things I'm doing right now is that, since of course it is my last year at EHS, and sadly, I, I wish I had more of last year to kind of build upon save a bit more. So one of the things I'm looking for is that I've been talking to people like, oh, who could be the best candidate uh, for SAFE? Who can help run this thing past uh, as uh, kind of just kind of continue to your future? As many of the officers themselves, they're seniors as well. So just trying to see that hopefully by next year, we can get a good team on and continue SAFE's mission.
1: So hopefully, if you are a freshman or anybody that's listening um, and you're interested in that, reach out to Brendan, he'll kind of fill you <laughs> in on what those things are. Um, You know, uh, just you can email him or find him, however you can. Um, and we'll include that at the end as well too, and, and a link to the website if it's live and running. But it, again, there's so many parts of that story. Um, we don't have time to go into every single part of it, but it just you know highlighting some of the things you found an issue that you were passionate about. You did the research, you put the legwork in, you found, you know events. you kind of talked to all these different people. And I, and I do remember the day that you talked to the faculty. And I always think it's interesting when you have kids that want to come. They come in and they present to the faculty meeting, and and thankfully they let you guys go first, um, while everyone's still fresh and kind of there at the meeting. Like, you know, they would set you up not really for success if they let you on at the end there, because everyone's like kind of unruly. Mm-hmm. And wants to get out of there, just like every other meeting that everyone has, but you know, you mm-hmm. came on first. You you spoke really well about your topic and kind of informed people of what was going on. At that point, people were not really you know, aware of all the different things and, and, and your group. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of this, this the common themes of your story are just kind of linking all together here. It's like, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone, being able to communicate your ideas, like showing how important doing the legwork is for all those different things. And then the opportunity of just, you know, kind of, you know, going to an event, talking to somebody, you know, making that happen for yourself. And you are almost on TV, I guess this will just have to be a close <laughs> second But um, you were almost there on TV and kind of spreading that message around. And again, it's kind of like, I know when Mrs. Lobner and I were talking yesterday, she said like one of the things you guys have always talked about is like kind of how to make those connections. And especially in like the industry you're going into, you know, it's all about connections. There's lots of talented people that will be out there and it's kind of like, who do you know, or how can you kind of move the ball forward here um, with your own ideas? And I think one of the uh, interesting ideas that you have here will kind of start to wind down a little bit here, but one of the ideas that we had talked about or emailed about was, I believe, uh, it's called the council of clubs, um, that I think is kind of an interesting idea here. I know one of your messages as the senior class president was to try and foster more communication for, for all the different groups. So that kind of everyone knew what they were doing. And I think one of the things we're trying to do now is kind of, there's a lot of, um, Groups that are bringing to light uh, many individual areas of concern within our building and our community. Um, and we're trying to kind of figure out like how to get everyone on the same page. So it's not like eight different messages being talked about, it's kind of like one or two. And your yeah. Council of Clubs idea, when you said it, I, was, I said to you, I think in the initial email, it sounded like something out of Game of Thrones or something. But um, I think it's a really neat idea. So I, you may be giving away a you know, a million dollar idea here. But w- talk to me about what you envisioned the Council of Clubs being, because I think that's an idea that hopefully, you know, if it comes to fruition, will out outlive your time here at Emmaus High School, because I think it's a pretty good one.
0: Yeah, of course, I want to I give you credit, Mr. Stucco. Um, so everyone watching, so he actually, he came up with the name Council of Clubs. Oh, I
1: did. Oh, I did. I, You know what? I did say that, right? I forget exactly. Yeah. So, okay, I'll, I'll trademark that. Put that on your t-shirt next year, everybody. Council of Clubs.
0: There you go, yeah. So yeah, I mean, um, of course, uh, I appreciate the name, and it is quite an awesome name. So the Council of Clubs, the idea, I think where, where I kind of got this from is that just kind of working with SAVE. So one of the great things about SAVE, especially um, since I, I was a part of Red Cross, uh, the club here at AHS, and then I'm currently am part of Habitat for Humanity, is so I got to meet so many great people within the clubs, and of course, their officers as well. So I think this uh, kind of close communication that SAVE was closely commu- uh, communicating with the Red Cross Club, and also with Habitat for Humanity. So then I think I was just interested. Just, I, I just asked the officers one day, uh, just wondering, like, hey, you know, does this happen often? That where we have maybe different clubs come up to each other or any clubs come up to you and specifically ask, like, hey, can we work together on this one thing? And I was surprised they told me no. So I think at that point saying that hearing no, for me, it boggled me. Like, how come? And there's so many great things that come from working together from this uh, club cooperation. So I think um, one of the reasons why they kind of prompted me to run for senior class president, is not only just my experience with SAVE, I think, is of course, um, understanding that, okay, what do we need to do to get it done? But also realizing that what is the potential where we can have collaboration, collaboration on a grand scale, on a scale that's kind of suitable, uh, from multiple clubs to kind of interact with each other. So I think that's where the Council of Clubs was birthed from, uh, really from just seeing that, okay, so how can we have pretty much a committee of clubs, have one person and manager with advisors overseeing this committee? And now, of course, I don't want to go into the details too much, but um, i already drafted out like, oh, how would the meetings uh, play out? But very much so, just be a forum where you have each club in an orderly manner. You kind of express, okay, so what, what are the clubs doing right now what's their intention, what are their goals? Then also, what are some things they may need? What are some areas of collaboration that, hey, you know, oh, we might need this resource or that resource, and it might end off by saying that they they could request maybe a help of one club or they could just end straight up there. Then from um, there, move on to a different club. Then if they express interest in helping them out, they may do so in a kind of a more kind of forum-esque setting. So I think from there, being more organized, being more orderly, and uh, kind of just planning up to meet up once a month, so it's not really a big taxation on anyone in terms of their time. So I think just trying to be efficient in terms of keeping time down to minimum, just sharing resources when we can. And I think really just helping out each other internally, instead of looking for kind of external resources and help.
1: I, I just think that idea is like really awesome. Like, and it's you know, I, I know you don't want to share it all right now, and hopefully the people that are listening that can make some real uh, choices and decisions here, kind of. Listen to the Council of Clubs idea. I think it's awesome. I I really like that idea of like asking other clubs for help and support. Like, I know I'm part of Buzz Magazine, I'm the advisor for that. And we do like, we could do fashion shoot, photo shoots, and design and all sorts of other stuff. There are so many organizations within the school that, if you know, there was that collaborative piece, I think could really enhance some of our organizations and and the message and the way we get things out. So, you know, I know that one's like you're under wraps, like you're you're going away present for, for the EHS community. So I'm going to we will let that one lay where it is. But I, I that one, I really, really like that idea. So, you know, if you need a uh, an advisor to the council of clubs, that is like I would put that on the bottom of my email. That's like pretty cool. The advisor to the council of clubs is just kind of really uh, that sounds so regal. So um, I, I nominate yep. myself for that. But obviously, you know, if it doesn't need one. I just want to call myself that. So maybe I'll be the 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 M whatever they will call it, the the founder, the uh the naming person. I don't know. Yeah. So let's uh let's finish off here with one final question. So you know it's been a interesting is a, an easy way to put it, interesting four years here at Emmaus High School. We've dealt with lots of different stuff. I believe if I remember back correctly, your freshman year was the year of the flood, correct?
0: Oh, actually. I think it might've been freshman or even a uh, sophomore year. But so, you, so, you've years,
1: yeah. lived, so you've lived through the flood when we were closed for the week, you've lived through some of the other things, the, you know, some of the other disasters, quote unquote, disasters here at the high school, obviously mm. since March of last year, we've, you know, gotten through the pandemic here and COVID and everything else. So looking back on your four years of high school, your lasting memory will be what?
0: Yeah. So I think really, um, I guess my lasting memory, and I think the, the biggest takeaway that hopefully people, um, not only now who are, of course, younger, underclassmen, and also hopefully future generations when they come in, is that really what you want for yourself, right? Of course, this goes for high school, this goes for life. I think it's more of a general thing, but it applied, I've applied to myself and it has worked and I have evidence to prove it. But I think in that kind of sense that we, what you really want for yourself, where you want to be it's all up to you. I think it starts out with the mindset. You have to tell yourself that, hey, I believe in myself and what I can accomplish, what I can do. And then from there, you need to set yourself uh, many goals. How are you going to accomplish this overall big tax, kind of tax, taxing goal? And of course, it's going to take time. It is a process that um, if you're putting into work, just trust the process. It is going to take time because I know many uh, people in general that do, they expect results overnight. And that is not the case. And it goes for a lot of other things as well. So this is not the exception, of course, when you're trying to build yourself over time. So I think what I want to leave off with is that have the strength to believe in yourself because out of that great things will be accomplished.
1: And it's a great message. And I think that's a great way to summarize your entire, your entire story here. You've basically told your entire high school story in about 30 minutes. So uh, hopefully people have enjoyed hearing the progression and obviously there's lots of other details, and if they ever want to find out more, they can just kind of email you, find you in the hall, find you in the hall, find you on the Zoom, ask you all the questions. You know, especially if you're interested in Save and and the, the council of clubs that we talked about. So, as we uh, head out here, why don't you tell everybody where they can find some of your work uh, online on the socials? If you want to share, you don't have to share all of them, but like where you're where people might want to go to find some of the work that you've composed or some of your some of your other stuff.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So. I would say I have two alter personas online. So I guess the first one, of course, my last name is Baig. It's always been a recurring joke since I was in elementary school that Baig is close enough to Bagel. So uh, for example, my Instagram, if for those who are interested, it is bagel21. So it's my last name, B-A-I-G-E-L, just 21. From there, of course, you can find other stuff about me. But most importantly, you can find my work there in terms of music and other updates that are upcoming for various things. And also in terms of, if you just want to focus on the music, um, other kind of alter persona is the BB Composer. So from there, it's just uh, the, then capital BB, my initials, then composer. Uh, you can find me on YouTube and also on Instagram as well.
1: So we'll, we'll link to that in the notes here at the end. But again, uh, so much thanks, Brendan, for taking the time out to talk to us today. Um, hopefully your story is kind of, for the people that have made it this far, hopefully your story has kind of ignited a passion in them and I, you know just hearing you tell the story and if you're listening to this you don't really see his facial expression but just watching him talk about the things that he's involved in and the passion that he has for all these different things is, you know this is why i kind of like doing the podcast because you get to hear these cool stories of students that are doing awesome things that you know in our building that we don't know all about all the time but you know we're so glad to be able to share your story today uh for the freshmen and to kind of look back on your four years here at a high school so so brendan thanks a lot for joining us today
0: Mr. Stefano, thank you so much.